0: And certainly heightened by the fact that
1: we are the Jets in chicago and he's doing this i mean that is what bobby the brain heenan would call a ham and egger move what the
2: heck's going on in champaign illinois with brett belem they, they have a real shot to get to Fraser's got it!
1: And now, broadcasting live and local from the 98.9 The Game studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. I might even put a flyer on Derek Carr being the MVP. And Eric Fry. And
2: if you're wrong, you're wrong, but at least I have the guts to step up and make something happen.
1: It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game.
3: out of there after a long extended weekend. Hope you enjoyed your Labor Day, but the starting lineup is back on the air here on 989 of the game. We got a lot to fit into this hour of sports talk because we got a lot to recap from the weekend and we still got to talk about week number two of high school football to recap as well. So we'll get into everything that happened there. Of course, we'll get into our games that we covered over on WCRA, the Carmel Pirates picking up a win and Effingham with an exciting game against Mount Carmel and all the rest of high school football action from week two. We'll also take a look at some other local sports that happened yesterday and this past weekend as well we'll get into all that as well as we'll talk about some Illinois football as well maybe not dive too deep into a college football might save that for another day because we got an absolutely loaded day already here so you know post weekend so that means we gotta get the top three from the sports weekend we got to recap high school pick them we got to get to a beast mode how do you like me now from week two of high school football? We got some overreactions as well from Eric as well as NASCAR. Talk about the first playoff race there at a Darlington on a Sunday night and uh, recap NASCAR pick'em and we also got to continue with our NFL yeah. coverage and previewing another division today and it's one that has a lot of hype this year. That's the uh, East division where on that East Coast mentality today because we got NFC, AFC East on tap for today.
2: Is it going to be least or beast?
3: Does uh, someone play in the AFC East now? I I can't remember. Someone may have just joined with a team that wears the color green.
2: I was going to say Tua Tungvaluwa.
3: I mean, yeah, he does play for a team in the East. And, and... they wear
2: green. I mean, it's an awful color, shade of green. but
3: eh, Is it a shade of green?
2: I mean, it's an aqua.
3: Yeah, what is aqua? Is it technically green or blue? Yes, <laughs> might have to look that one up. Yes. But uh, so we got a lot to uh, dive into with that, as well as we got to get to uh, area coaches, as well as Shelbyville, Arthur, Villa Grove, all those coaches uh, coming up in the uh, podcast, as well caught up with them talking about their week two matchups and looking in towards week three as well so we got an absolutely loaded a show here today on the starting lineup of course the starting lineup would not be possible without mcmahon meets Tingley insurance agency worth computer repair and a teatopolis state bank all right let's waste no more time and let's get into the show and let's kick it off with first things first before we get into the show
1: First things first, and we're starting off
3: recapping high school of football. Before we get into the show, hold oh, on.
2: That's me. That's my. Fault. Someone had the a loop,
3: the loop on. <laughs> that's that's me. <laughs> Little uh, false start there. I was working on some fun things had to keep
2: listening to it.
3: It's all good, but we'll start off in high school football from Friday evening. You remember Friday. It was long ago, but uh, we'll start off here with the uh, FEM hearts because they may have fallen, but it was week two, but it was already the uh, game of the year candidate for uh, this one between FEM and Mount Carmel. and uh, The the final was in double overtime. Mount Carmel wins 36-30, to 30, but uh, you see that final score. Do you know what the score was at halftime?
2: I did not get an update on it at half.
3: Seven to zero, Mount Carmel. Good gravy. Fifty-nine points uh, scored in the second half and overtimes. Did someone forget to tell them we were <laughs>
2: playing football until the second half?
3: And it was seven nothing. Mount Carmel scored with less than ten seconds to go in the first half. So it was basically...
2: So what you're saying is it was a defensive battle, and the defenses got really tired in the second half. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. Kind of. (laughs) Yeah. It was a defensive struggle. There were a lot of punts Uh in the first quarter. I mean, uh, Mount Carmel had a great chance to score one time in the red zone when a punt went over the head of uh, Stefton, and uh, he had to track it all the way down in the end zone, and he somehow booted away. The kick didn't go very far, Mm. but still to get it off when the heat was coming on him after a bad snap and everything, and then the FEM defense held strong and kept him out of the end zone, turnover on downs. Mm. But that was the best chance that Mount Carmel had there in the first half, and neither team could just get anything going. Uh, there and then the action really picked up there in the uh, second half. Uh, FEM came out, they uh, got the opening kick, and they had a 61-yard touchdown pass from Gage Gillum to Andrew Lotz to tie it up there. And then uh, later on, Gillum would uh, sneak into the end zone to put FEM up on top 14 at 2-7. A and then from that point on, it was kind of counterpunch punch, counterpunch, mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like that. A 45-yard touchdown by uh, Dunstan put FEM ahead at 21 fourteen there, and then late in the uh, fourth quarter, uh, Mount Carmel had a big pass play from uh, Blaine Sissons to uh, Gillahan, who uh, Gillahan had himself a, at night, he had like 19 receptions, 233 yards, and uh, three touchdown passes uh, from him alone, so... Uh, He had an awesome game Mm -hmm. Uh, there, one of the favorite targets for the Aces uh, there. And that's where the score was, uh, 21-21 in the uh, fourth quarter. And uh, um, FEM came out and got a a 3-and-out there. And uh, then... Mount Carmel in the fourth quarter. They were in a position for a field goal. And so let's take a, a listen to what that sounded like.
4: 23-yard field goal to put the Aces ahead. eight With 18.9 seconds left. Sisson with the hold. Loudermilk with the snap. Good snap. Good hold. Kick is up. And it is good. Mount Carmel wow. takes the lead. With 15.3 seconds to go. They lead 24 to 21.
3: So 24 to 21 was the uh, score uh, there and 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. FEM didn't have a single timeout. We thought the game was over. Yes. Well, That's right. not so fast. Weldon Dunstan had other ideas.
4: Loudermilk will boot it away. And it's a, a deep boot this time. And FEM's going to field it. That's Dunstan. He fields it inside the five-yard line. Tries to find room to run. He's out to the 30. He might have a chance here. He's got it at the 50. He breaks three. And he's going to be kept up at the 20-yard line. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. What a return by Weldon Dunston.
3: So, there you go. There you go. He fielded inside of the five there and returned all the way to the 25-yard line, giving FEM a chance there.
2: And, and not only oh did it, did it, you know, change the game on, on that regard, Travis, but it had to suck the energy, yeah, and the life out of Mount Carmel.
4: Mm-hmm. Because at
2: that point, you're thinking, like you said, it's over. We got this. They have one timeout. Like no timeouts. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. We are in control of this game, and Mount Carmel yeah. was. Hmm. And then you let up that big play, and suddenly you're like, not only are we not in control. We could lose this.
3: Right. Yeah, so when he was uh, down, I think it was about four seconds or uh, not much time left uh, on the clock. And then uh, FEM came out, and they uh, lined up like they were going to run a play, and then Mount Carmel had an extra timeout to burn. So uh, they took it to probably just uh, either if they brought out Stefton there, they Mm -hmm. probably would have iced him or they were just kind of looking at what FEM was. Right, what they were going to do. Yeah, so yep. uh, Mount Carmel called the timeout, and then that's when uh, Coach Hefner uh, decided to uh, send out Michael Stefton, and, well, this happened.
4: Stefton will attempt the field goal. Good snap, good hold, kick is up, and it is good! Yes! Good!
5: Yes!
4: Stefton! Wow! Clutch, we're tied! Wow! 42-yard boost.
1: Wow.
4: Dustin. And we're all tied at 24. Wow. What? Uh, Mount Carmel asking what just happened.
1: Right. They thought they had it. They thought that they had everything. and They kicked the field goal and had a good kickoff. But Weldon, Dustin, and Eppingham had, had other ideas. So,
3: so there you go. 42-yard field goal. As time expired in regulation.
2: What I find so interesting about that, Travis, is we talked here on the on before <laughs> the season started. When we were previewing Effingham. We said you're losing your kicker. This is you know this is something that you've had for a while. How do you same thing with Cumberland? This yeah. is something you're having to, to change this year. And how is you know no effect?
3: No,
4: you none
2: whatsoever. Water, week two. Yeah. Stepping up and and 42 is not a give me. No, it's not like it was 14 yards. It's not like it was a chip shot. Mm -hmm. 42, that's impressive.
3: Mm -hmm. That is
2: longer than a certain other team used to win a game on Saturday. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that later. Yeah,
3: yeah. So uh, coming up a clutch there is uh, Stefton. And so that's into the game into overtime there. And Effieham, they would get the ball first as overtime was interesting as well.
4: And it's going to be Gillen throws to the end zone. And it's going to be Touchdown. Touchdown right. Effingham. That's Belzer with the touchdown. Seven-yard reception.
3: And so uh, that put it up Effingham a 32-24 and, you know, 42-yard field goal. Thought the, the extra point was automatic. Well, not so much.
4: Donaldson on to hold. Good snap. Good hold. Kick is up and no good. Oh, wow. Oh, it just bottom. went to the left. Pushed it just left. Go. So. Hearts score first, and over time, all you got to do is stop them.
3: So, uh, Stefton misses the extra point there, uh, leaves, like uh, Dominic said there, uh, left the door open and may have came back to haunt the hearts there, and then uh, Mount Carmel they would end up scoring as well as uh, the running back uh, Asher was wide open and uh, then that tied the game there and so uh, they sent their kicker out to possibly win the game
4: we're all tied at 30 extra point pending we'll see if Mount Carmel can make this extra point milk will come on to attempt the point after. And assistant will be the holder. Stoutton just hit, uh, pushed his extra point to the left. So for the win for Mount Carmel in overtime. Uh, it's a snap, good snap, good hold, kick up, and it's no good! Oh wow, he pushed it left oh, oh. too! Wow. No
2: good!
3: So no good, both kickers. Missing it in the same exact way. And
2: again, what I find so ironic about this, Travis, is it's not like it was windy.
3: No, not really. It was
2: really. a pretty, pretty calm night. That tells you just, you never know. Yeah. That's why you play the game.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. And then uh, Mount Carmel, they would get possession back to start off the double overtime session, and they would score on the very first play, uh, their third touchdown pass to a Gillian uh, there. So uh, they went for two, and after uh, the first overtime, you have to go for two. So uh, they didn't convert there. So it was 36-30, the score, and FEM was faced with a fourth down.
4: Right here. All right, here we go. Here's the ball game. It's Gillum up under center, and uh, Gillum will shift here to the right. Gillum takes the snap, and he'll fake it, and he's going to be flushed out. It's going to be incomplete. Just too high for Reed, and Mount Carmel wins it. They went to their best play tonight just out of the fingertips of Reed. He got his fingertips on it, and it falls incomplete. Mal Carmel wins it here in double overtime.
3: So fingertipped away has Reed got his hands on it there, uh, but just couldn't haul it in. And so Mal Carmel uh, wins it there in double overtime.
2: That's a heartbreaker. I it mean, really like is. you said, you got to your best play. You, you, it worked you, all night. It worked all night. And just, and, and, you know, it's. You can't do much more. You gave yep. yourself the opportunity. It just, yep. sometimes it falls your way and sometimes it doesn't. Right. Unfortunately, Friday night for the Hearts, it didn't.
3: Yeah, it was such a, an awesome game, uh, though, and it's definitely a classic.
2: But, with all that being said, Travis, we talked about it on this show Friday. This is going to be a litmus test for the Hearts to see where they at. Was last week against Robinson, was it a case of Robinson just not being as good as we thought they were going to be? Mm-hmm. Where is Camp? This showed us, Effingham's for real. Yeah, Effingham is going to be okay. Mm-hmm. We talked about all the right. seniors they're replacing, and there are a lot of question marks in a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. I think we saw on Friday night that this Effingham team is going to be all right.
3: Yeah, I would definitely agree. And you know, Mount Carmel was uh, as good as advertised. At least they're in the uh, second half with the big play ability that Sisson and the offense. Uh, has but they can finally start to get it clicking there so uh, Mount Carmel they are one and one and they'll start LIC play starting the, the, this week they'll go up against Robinson there and FEM and they'll stay at home as they'll uh, host Breeze Modern Day and it's also going to be military appreciation night nice. uh, there on a Friday night as well and during all this overtime session and it was even the Stefton field goals it was, it was I was talking to some people after the game and happened to be that very same end zone that uh, the uh overtime mm. was at as well. So, it's just something about that end zone. And
2: you just had that new stadium. bad kill. juju. You couldn't have moved it? You couldn't have <laughs> flipped the direction or something?
3: Yeah, but nope. It, it had to go to that same side. So, mm. I thought that was uh, pretty ironic as well. So, uh, Mount Carmel taking it there in a double overtime. So, uh, then uh, the game that you covered over on uh, WCRA, uh, the uh, Cumberland Pirates, uh, they defeated Sagamon Valley mm-hmm. there. It didn't take double overtime as uh, Cumberland won this one 41-14. A couple yes. of quick scores there by Cumberland in the opening quarter, and they led 14 nothing.
2: Yeah, and it was the Blake Meeking game. Uh, as, as it seems like every game has been, Travis 287 on the ground for four touchdowns. And uh, – Braden Olmstead also completed his first pass of the year uh, for 15 yards. Uh, Grant Kaiser also contributed two touchdowns as well. But still, problems for the Pirates. Four penalties for 40 yards, two fumbles as well. Defensively, they did a pretty good job. Uh, They they did let up uh, 347 yards, which is quite a lot Mm, um, compared to the week before. But, Travis, we look at this score and we see 41-14. This game was, you know, in control.
3: Yeah,
4: there it does seem like that. There was
2: a huge momentum swing in the fourth quarter. Segamon Valley was driving. They had it down to a 13-point game. They were driving. They had it in pirate territory. It was fourth and two, and the Sagamon Valley quarterback ran the ball. Jagger Hill ran the ball, got close to the first down. I thought for sure it was a first down from my vantage point. Mm-hmm. The refs come out trade out balls say turnover on downs no measure no nothing wow in that moment fourth quarter of a 13 point game where they're trying to get down inside the pirate 20 yard line right i don't care if you put your grandmother's life on it you measure that spot right yeah absolutely measure it yeah there were a lot of Sagamon valley fans that were very unhappy and i even said on the broadcast i would feel a lot better if there was a measurement mm-hmm
3: because right in that situation it's too we, much on the you line to
2: measure it at that point and they changed out balls and the second valley coach rightfully was going where's the measure mm-hmm. and the officials were like well we've already changed out balls so we can't get it right exactly back where it was wow i'm like that's
3: that's a that's a cruddy way to because, like i said valley had end. the
2: momentum they had forced a turnover they had driven down the field they were looking to cut it to a one-score game.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: With still, there was still about six, seven minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. This was yeah. early in the fourth quarter, so there was still time.
1: Mm-hmm. Especially since
2: they had just forced a fumble. Yeah, they had forced a punt earlier in the night. You, again, officiating crew, you got to get that right. This was,
3: this was in Sagamon Valley. Yes. Yes. Uh, Come on. You got to measure the home team there. You got to. You got to. You (laughs) got to take that. But the Pirates get the
2: win. Uh, Talked to Coach uh, Friday night after the game, and he said, yeah, we got to win, but we got to play better. He's like, the two things we focused on in practice this week, protecting the football and limiting penalties. And we did both those tonight. Mm -hmm. And before next week, they're going to want to fix that. Yeah. Because they're not going to have an opportunity next week. To make those mistakes and get out of here with a win. Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Yep. So uh, we'll talk about that game mm-hmm. coming up later on this week for sure. As this is going to be uh, one of I don't want to put that that on this game. I don't want to curse uh, the game, but it's going to be a good one. Yes. As uh, on paper, Cumberland versus uh, Sullivan mm-hmm. coming up uh, this week. So won't want to miss uh, that one, Bud. Hey, like you said, Cumberland will take the dub and enjoy yeah. it, but they probably already moved on by now since yeah. it's Tuesday and prepping for Sullivan. Mm-hmm. We'll take a look at what Sullivan did on a Friday to Arcola. Boy, oh, boy, they put it on him. And we'll take a look at the rest of high school football
1: as well coming up here on the starting lineup. From the ninety-eight-nine The Game Studios, the starting lineup. We'll be right back. Hey, son, how are you feeling? Um, I'm fine, pops. What's on your mind? I just, I can't explain it. Without a compass, eyes waiting, started to wonder. Metamorphosis, loss of who you thought you was.
3: When your kid can't find the language. Help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out
4: album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at SoundItOutTogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures.
6: Join KitchenAid and Probst Refrigeration in Make It Your Own to customize your kitchen with a rebate of up to $3,000 via prepaid MasterCard by mail. Shop all KitchenAid major appliances, cooking, cleaning, and refrigeration to create the perfect kitchen workshop. Visit Probst Refrigeration today and make it your own with KitchenAid brand appliances. Offer valid July 1st through December 31st. 2023. Stop by Propster for duration at 318 West Jefferson Avenue in Effingham for full details and qualified models.
1: Farmers, we thank you And to show our appreciation We want to give back With Meal in the Field Join WCRC 95.7 And Culver's As we bring the Meal in the Field Every Tuesday Go to effinghamradio.com And submit your favorite farmer You wish to see fed in the field Winners will be chosen And we'll contact the weekly winner To make arrangements To meet them in their field On Tuesday Brought to you by Marlowe Lock and Security Home Farmers Mutual, Powell's Electric, DHV Transmission,
3: Culver's, Sousinger FS, Boots and Soles, Cash Equipment, McMahon Meats, Feature City Foodliner, Liner, Bluff Equipment, and Bex Hybrids.
1: Go to effinghamradio.com and submit your favorite farmer you wish to see fed in the field. Winners will be chosen and we'll contact the weekly winner to make arrangements to meet them in the field on Tuesday, starting September 5th.
4: Get in zone, AutoZone. AutoZone is more than a parts store. It's where we help you solve problems, like, sorry, I'm late, my battery died. And
6: I need a jump,
5: again.
4: At America's number one battery destination, you can find the right battery at the right price, with options starting at only $89.99. And we offer free battery testing and charging whenever you need it. Get the parts and help you need to get the job done right at AutoZone. Get in zone,
5: AutoZone.
3: Restrictions apply. Be more cyber-zen. Get NordVPN. With a few simple clicks, NordVPN will block online trackers, secure your devices from malware-infected downloads, and block access to malicious websites. With NordVPN,
4: enjoy internet without trackers, without malicious websites, without
3: malware-ridden files. Be more cyber-zen. Take advantage of our special offer now at nordvpn.com. And now, but I think that it would be just funny if Ohio State, after Dabo ranked them number 11, they come in and whoop some Clemson Tiger butt, and the last image of Trevor Lawrence is him crying his eyes out, losing in a semifinals, knowing that he's going to Jacksonville and to NFL Purgatory. The starting lineup.
2: So what we found out on this episode of the podcast, by the way, is that Travis is very vengeful
1: and yep. hurtful to others. Absolutely. On ninety
3: eight nine, the game. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup. You're on ninety eight nine, the game, ESPN radio. And hey, Dabo. You had America last night cheering for Duke, mm-hmm. Duke football. Mm-hmm. They're on, they're on the map as they took down clips of last yeah. night. It was nice to see. Let's uh, recap the rest of high school football action uh, from week two, and we'll stay there in the Apollo Conference as it was Charleston. Uh, getting to a 2-0 as they beat a Paris 58 to a 20, and uh, Charleston off and running with this one. They got a field goal, safety, and they got two touchdowns in the second quarter or in the first quarter alone. 19 to 2-0. It was 32 to nothing at the half. There, Brett Spore. He had 18 carries, 148 yards, three touchdowns. Four other players had touchdowns on the ground as well. 380 total yards of offense for Charleston. Three uh, turnovers for Paris there. Uh, Drew Rogers, Mason, uh, Bynes, and uh, scoop and Score uh, were the uh, Paris touchdowns there. But impressive victory there for Charleston. 58 mm-hmm. points there on Paris. Mohammed, they got the win over Highland as Mohammed picks up their first win. 28 0 is a shutout win for Mohammed. there. Luke Johnson led the way for the uh, Mohammed Seymour Bulldogs as he had 25 carries, 149 yards, and uh, two uh, touchdowns. And Luke Dyer was the quarterback there. He had 15 of 21 passes, 138 yards, and a touchdown there. Uh, Mohammed shutout of Highland, who is ranked in the polls. Yeah. Last week, so good win there back for win. Muhammad. Bounce back win. Yeah, for sure. I needed to see that there from mm-hmm. uh, Muhammad. It was Mattoon getting the shutout victory as well over Olney, 26-0. So, Mattoon picks up their first win of the season, and Olney falls to 0 and two there. Uh, this was kind of a slow-moving first half as well. Mattoon led only 6 to nothing at halftime and uh, then the opening kickoff really set the tone there for uh, them. Uh, Tristan Sewell, he had 15 carries, 183 yards, and uh, two uh, touchdowns in the uh, game. Arnold also rushed for a couple of touchdowns as well for the uh, green wave. Uh, for Olney, uh Jacob Beard, uh, he had 15 of 29 completions, 195 yards, and an interception as well and a touchdown. I think Olney did score in that one. So mm-hmm. it was twenty six to a six final score there. Uh Alney only had sixty or forty rushing yards and Mattoon had nearly three hundred. Wow. So a big discrepancy there and yes. Mattoon picking up their first win.
2: Very green well wave. Learned. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and Mount Zion, they picked up their second win of the season as their 2-0. 39-28 was the final over Troy Triad, and Macoby Adams had five total touchdowns in this, and he had three touchdown passes to Grant McAtee, and that's how dangerous the Braves are. You want to focus on Trimble there as he had a big first game, but it was Grant McAtee in the passing game who had this one, um, so... Uh, it was kind of close there, 39 and to uh, 21, and another late score uh, there for Mount Zion or for Troy got mm-hmm. it a little closer. Uh, but Mount Zion 3 and 0, and they get Salem up next this week, who's also 2 and 0 as well. Uh, Taylorville they also improve to a two and zero as they take down Robinson who falls to zero and two. This one is a thirty five to a thirteen a final, and Tornadoes matching their season total from the past two seasons already with their second win of the game, and so uh, Tornadoes yep. picking up another impressive win. Yes, very much so. Barron Odom with a couple rushing touchdowns and a couple passing touchdowns as well. Uh, Robinson did score first late in the first quarter, but then 35 straight points for Taylorville uh, picks them the win. In the Lincoln Prairie, I mentioned Sullivan, the team that Cumberland has to face this week, Mm -hmm. 54-6 over Arcola. As uh, Sullivan has scored on their first possession on a 70-yard rushing touchdown from I. Ian Fryman mm-hmm. and Arcola scored on their first possession as well, and that put them ahead seven to six. And just like that, Michael Jordan meme, Sullivan said we took that personally. Mm-hmm. As 48 straight points after that for Sullivan by halftime, Sullivan had rushed for 400 yards and led 41 to six.
2: Yeah, this Sullivan team is Oof. good and yeah. dangerous. That's a I statement. I saw that score come across Travis, and I was blown away.
3: Right. Yeah, it was a statement mm-hmm. for sure to win that in a blowout. Uh, Fryman ended up with three touchdowns uh, there, including an 82-yarder as well with that 70-yarder. And uh, Cooper Christensen also threw for a touchdown there for Sullivan. So they're 2-0. And Pirates 2-0 coming into mm-hmm. Friday night's matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicomas, they got their first win in the Lincoln Prairie as it was a 46-14 victory over Argenta. And I had Argenta penciled down as a 22-game losing streak uh, now that the Bombers are on yep. uh, there. It was Saragordo Gordo picking up the win over Tri-County, a 16-2-0. A a so Saragordo, Gordo, after being uh, defeated by Cumberland in Week 1, they get it over Tri-County. They fall 2 0 2 to the Titans. Mm-hmm. And then Arthur Lovington Atwood haman gets the win over Villa Grove 43 2 of uh, 35. We hear from uh, both coaches in uh, this game, Coach Jefferson and Coach Wilson for Arthur and uh, Villa Grove, as it was just the rushing attack for Arthur really uh, got the Knights uh, going there in uh, this one they uh the Knights scored first and then Villa Grove responded but then after that it was pretty much Arthur uh Villa Grove actually came back in the game but Arthur coming away with the uh, win and Arthur starts off the season 2 and 0 for the first time in, since 2019 and we talked about that with uh, coach Jefferson uh they're coming in the interview as I'm well sure and uh, let's see here. I had some stats on this one, too, with Jace Parsons. 17 carries, 231 yards, five touchdowns there on the ground alone for Arthur. Mm. Uh, little line uh, you saw uh, Paxton buckley Lota get the uh, win over Newton 55 at 2-6. So, Eagles now 0-2 and PBL Two and zero start to the season. Central A and M they got the win over Marshall twenty nine and 14. So now Marshall twenty eight game losing streak for the Lions. They actually start off the game good. They led seven nothing in the first quarter. But then after that, a uh, and outscored Marshall 21-2-7 in the second quarter to take the 21-14 to lead. And then both teams only were able, well, Marshall didn't get another score, but right. a was able to get another one. Uh, Drew Damery had 123 yards on the ground and a couple of touchdowns as well for the Raiders. Uh, Lawrenceville got their second win as they defeated Red Hill 32-14. to And then a Casey. They're 2 and 0. They got mm-hmm. back-to-back shutouts as they win this one 63 to a 0 against oblong. Yeah. So Casey, Casey's starting off the season strong there with the new coach. Mm-hmm. Uh Central Illinois, Shelbyville they continue to be a good start as they start off 2 and 0. They start off 7-0 last year but uh this one was more of an offensive shootout though. Uh Shelbyville won this one 44 to a 36 over Eureka. There and uh, that one, and uh, talk to Coach Ducky about that win as well coming up in the pod. Look forward to it. Uh, Tuscola 49 to 2 of 30 over Carlisle. Uh, Carlisle got on the board of first, but then Tuscola actually high scoring first quarter led 21 to 14 after one, and they also led 20 to 22. At halftime, and then uh, the Warriors outscored them 21 to eight in the second half. Dylan Graves with three rushing touchdowns for Tuscola. Uh, Jordan Quinn also had two rushing and a passing touchdown, as well for the first win for Tuscola. Dodge Tri Valley get the win over Clinton, 34 to 14. Leroy 2 0 as they won over Macon Meridian, 41 to nothing. And it was Warrensburg-Latham picking up the win over Tremont, 32 nothing there. So Warrensburg picks up their first win. And then finally in the South Central was Vandalia getting their first win after taking that loss to Pena last week in the opener. They went over Staunton in a little defensive struggle, 21-7. to uh, there. Early on, uh, the uh, Vandals had an interception that set up there for a score, a 30-yard touchdown run by Andrew Kelly, the quarterback. Uh, Staunton then turned the ball over three times in the first half and Vandelli also turned it over twice, so uh, they couldn't really put up any more points on the board with their turnovers as well. So They only led 7-0 at the half. Vandelli would lead 13-0 early in the third quarter. Uh, Staunton would get a, a a touchdown to make it 13 to 2 as seven, but then finally Vandalia scores with less than five minutes remaining to put them up 21 to seven, and both teams would turn the ball over again, giving Staunton a chance at the very end. But the Vandals hang on to win that one, 21 to seven. There. Speaking of Payna, they got the win over Carlisle, or not Carlisle, Carlinville. Mm-hmm. 2-0 N-O are the uh, Panthers, and just like this FEM, the FEM game that we just talked about, yeah. it was a slow first half as well. Uh, Jack Roush for Carlinville, they scored a rushing touchdown with 47 seconds left to go in the half, and so that was it at halftime, 7-0. Uh, Payne actually forced a fumble in the start of the second half, and back-to-back touchdowns for them, got them the lead 16-2-7, and it was 16-13, to Carlinville was driving, and they were on the seven-yard line in the fourth quarter to take the lead. But then Brandon Lehman for the Panthers. He's a defensive lineman. He took it out of the Cavaliers' hands, and he ran the interception back for a 75-yard touchdown. And that put Payne up by 10, 23-13, with eight minutes to go. But then the ensuing kickoff, Roush takes the kickoff return back to the house, 80 yards. So that was a three-point lead for Payne. And then they would respond on the following drive to put them up 30-20 to 20 for the final score mm-hmm. there. So Payna 2-0 now. Carlinville just couldn't do enough there in the second half. Mm-hmm. North Mac, they got the win over Gillespie in overtime. It was a Payne McLean. He's a junior, and he scored the game-winning touchdown in OT to beat Gillespie. And it was Greenville, 27-7 over Hillsborough. So the uh, comments starting off 2-0. And the birds, Piasol, they start off 2-0 as well as they take down Litchfield, 27-21. And I also saw this one uh, come across the wire as well. They're not in the Apollo anymore, but uh, Lincoln, they start off the season 2-0. They beat Decatur Eisenhower 46-6. And Keon Carson there, we saw him in the last few years for Lincoln do his thing. He set the school record there at Lincoln with six touchdowns. In the game, and he had five in the first quarter alone. Wow! They led 33 to nothing after one. So, uh Keon had four rushing touchdowns, one receiving, and a punt return as well. And now uh, he also is the career touchdown record holder at Lincoln as well. Now, so nice to see that the uh, Railers are two and zero to start their season. As they move back to their old conference. So that's a recap of week number two of high school football. We got Coach Duckett from Shelbyville. We got Coach Jefferson from Arthur and Coach Wilson from Villa Grove on the podcast to talk about those games. And we'll preview week three later on in the week. But right now, we got to step away and talk about some more local sports that didn't involve football. So we'll take a look at that coming up next here on the star lineup.
1: We'll be right back to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. We need to figure out what we're going to talk about the next segment.
7: Imagine the possibilities with Teutopolis State Bank. This is Jerry Rundy. If you're buying a home, CS us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around, talk with your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Tattopolis State Bank in Tattopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. Your trips to Rule King just got more rewarding. Say hello to Rule King Rewards earn points with every purchase you make in store on farm supplies feed clothing tools and more get a five dollar reward for every 500 points the more you buy the better it gets don't waste another minute you can be earning points right now sign up at the register today it's totally free and easy reap the rewards at your neighborhood
3: rule king america's farm and home store
2: Now, here's the thing. I was just looking at ESPN. They have their team stats, and I almost choked on the water I hadn't drank yet because it says for the Saints, they've given up nine points per game. That's it. The starting lineup. That is not right. It's just the playoffs. No. It's it's cumulative of the season, I believe. Well, maybe not.
1: It's just the playoffs.
2: No, because they give up. Okay. It is. You're right. Okay. Never mind don't listen to me I'll be sitting over here being quiet
1: on 989
2: the game Eric Fry Sports Center update Cardinal starting pitcher Stephen Matz is probably done for the year. Manager Marmol told reporters that it's not likely that Mats will return to the Cardinals rotation after suffering a left lat strain last month. Marmol added that if Mats does return in 2023, he will be used strictly as a reliever. The 32 year old is 4 7 with a 386 ERA, 98 strikeouts, and 105 innings in 2023. Chicago Tri- Sky will try to keep their playoff hopes alive when they visit the Indiana Fever at Gamebridge Fieldhouse tonight. Sky are coming off an 86 69 loss to New York Liberty at home on Sunday. Chicago is a game out of the final playoff spot in the WNBA at 15-22. They have just three games left to play, and tonight's contest begins at 6 o'clock. Cooper Cup is searching for answers as he deals with a hamstring injury. Rams head coach Sean McVay said the wide receiver met with a specialist in Minnesota on Monday. Cup is currently day-to-day with the injury after suffering a setback last week. The 30-year-old was first injured in training camp and didn't play in any of Los Angeles preseason games. Cup status for Week One against the Seahawks yet to be determined, according to McVay. And one of the member of the Jets secondary is very confident about the team's defensive unit. Quarterback DJ Reed said Monday on a Zoom call with reporters, "quote I think we have the potential to be the best defense in the NFL. Honestly, I think we can be historical, not just the best defense in the league, but I think we can be a historical defense like the '85 Bears."
3: Welcome back into the uh, starting lineup, Travis Sparks here, Eric Fry over there with the uh, Sports and arita there. Let's take a look at uh, some uh, local sports from over the uh, weekend. And on a Saturday, the uh, makeup of the Titopolis Wooden Bat Tournament took place there and in T Town, obviously. And Titopolis, they defeated North Clay in game one, 6 to 1, so they advanced to the uh, championship there. Uh, St. Anthony, uh, they defeated Dietrich 13 2, 0. So it was uh, that set up in the championship. St. Anthony and But first off in the third-place game, it was North Clay over at Dietrich a a 9-2-8 in a close one. And then in the championship, it was St. Anthony getting the uh, close one-to-nothing win, and uh, they win the 2023 top list wooden bat tournament there and uh, St. Anthony also was still undefeated on the fall as well and in a uh, volleyball lots of action there at the uh, Altamont uh, tournament that happened on Saturday and a lot of action happened in the Olney Tiger Classic as well Fairfield ended up winning uh, that one uh, Mount Carmel finished in uh, second place and Mount Zion was third Olney in fourth St. Anthony finished in fifth place there over in Olney there And the complete results are over on the website, so uh, check it out over there. And uh, boys of golf on Saturday, St. Anthony won the All-Nee Invitational, shooting a 3 of 15 as a team. And Dakota Flag was the low individual for the entire tournament, shooting a 71 to lead a St. A. And also a St. Anthony's B team finished in second place as well. Litchfield All-Nee and Teutopolis rounded out the uh, top five there. In soccer action, Hillsboro they won over St. Anthony five to nil. Altamont over Olney, three to one. Topolos beat Mount Vernon seven to two, and Newton victorious over Charleston there five to two. Cross country action: St. Anthony, uh, the girls team finished in a fifth place at the Cow Chip Invitational, and the boys team finished in a sixth place there for the Bulldogs. In the uh, Charleston Trojan Invitational there at EIU, it was uh, Mount Zion winning the uh, girls' side. Muhammad finished in second, and FEM taking home a third place uh, there on the boys' side. Side of Tuscola, they finished in uh, first place there. Mount Zion, Muhammad, uh, in the top five as well in the top three there as well, and in uh, tennis, Saint Anthony took second place. In the uh, Sacred Heart Griffin a uh, Central Illinois Invitational, as well, just right behind a uh, Sacred Heart Griffin there who was victorious uh, there. And then we had some uh, Labor Day action for you yesterday in baseball. It was Topless getting the win over Nioga, six to two. In uh, soccer, we had to Topless uh, take down Altima, three to one. Argento over Athens, two to one, and Monticello over Making Meridian, four to a zero there. And a schedule for today, we're back at it. North Clay at Altamont. St. Anthony at Brownstown wins two straws at Nioga, South Central at CHBC, and Woodlawn hosting at Tetopoulos. And also in volleyball tonight, we got Sullivan at Tetopoulos, CHBC at Brownstown, North Clay at Altamont, St. Anthony at Nioga, FEM there at Taylorville, Mattoons at Muhammad, and Charleston is at Mount Zion. In the Lincoln Prairie, you got Saragordo at Cumberland, Shelbyville at Tri County. In Little Illinois, you got Newton there at Fairfield. In the Central Illinois, Tuscola at Monticello, Central AM at Unity Christian, In a boys' golf. We got Vandalia at Altamont. St. Anthony and Oka Valley there at Shelbyville. Um, in a Girls Golf, we got Mount Zion and FEM at St. Anthony there. And uh, uh, Co ed golf, we got Ramsey at Altamont. In a uh, soccer, FEM is hosting Mattoon. Toon. And Taylorville is out at Mount Zion. Cross country action, you got a meet in Paris with Totopolis. Lawrenceville Robinson also meets at Saragordo. Piesall. And uh, tennis, we got all in the at St. Anthony. FEM at Charleston. And Vandalia at Totopolis the there. And uh, the entire schedule is up on the uh, website. FEM and click on our local sports tab that's where you can find that and we'll have the results to uh, most of those matches there on the website later on as well so uh, lots of things getting in there on that extended Labor Day uh, weekend even some games yesterday yep. so very cool. Mm-hmm. To see. All right, so we'll step away and uh, we'll uh, come back and we'll talk Illinois football as college football got officially into full swing, uh, kicked off on Saturday. And Illinois went in the uh, opener uh, against uh, Toledo, squeaked by with a, a field goal, and they're squeaked by by the hair on their chinny chin chins. But we'll talk about that to close out the show coming up here on the starting lineup
1: the starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back.
6: Three
3: six three seven, and we'll go beyond the expected for you. And now the starting lineup. It is disrespectful to have the
1: softball national championship
3: at two o'clock in the afternoon. What is that?
1: On ninety eight nine, the game.
3: back into the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9. We're only here on 98.9 We're just a smidge a bit longer. More stuff to uh, talk about in a loaded uh, podcast. Got the top three, Pick'em, Beast Mode, How Do You Like Me Now, and coaches as well as the NFL East previews. There, well, let's close out of the uh, show talking about some uh, more football, and this one uh, from the uh, college realm. And you heard it right here on a ninety-eight-nine as Illinois. They were a nine-point, nine-and-a-half-point of favorites, but they squeak by with a, a field goal. wasn't pretty by any means, but Illinois comes out and they squeak out a win over Toledo, thirty to uh, twenty-eight, thanks to a Caleb Griffin, twenty-nine-yard field goal. And I can't wait to hear what Eric's got to say about this one.
2: I mean, I called it on Friday. I said that Illinois will win, but Toledo will cover, and, and they did just did. that. Yeah. And you know, uh, shout out to Caleb Griffin. Um, he said that he remembered nailing a winning three-pointer as a high school basketball player, uh, but he could never recall a moment like this.
3: Right, and, and it was also towards the uh, Horseshoe, yep. which is where his uh, grandparents always sit as well.
2: And he grew up about 40 minutes east in Danville, so he's from Danville. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, yep, you know, an, an basically a home-time kid. Yeah, yeah. so uh, great, awesome, <laughs> but not really impressive were the Illini.
3: No, not in the first half, uh, to say the very least. Uh, Illinois did get on the board uh, first there, but uh, to be honest, I wasn't too impressed with the uh, running game yeah. at all. Uh, Altmeyer did show off his legs, and he did end up leading the team in rushing, and that tells you all that you need to know about mm-hmm. uh, how the rushing game was. So I think that the offensive line was a big part of that. Um, so I, I wish we would have been le- better at that aspect uh, the defensive line that was so much hype coming in for the Illini didn't get a lot of pressure on the nope. uh, quarterback uh, there. But I kind of love how we're moving the goalposts. Not I'm not talking about you because uh, I mean you said that Toledo was going to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, that people coming into this game saying that uh, Toledo uh, was a great team and that they're MAC champions and they're favored to win the MAC this time around and they brought all this talent and then uh, so. The hype was that they were going to keep it closer than people expected, and now that it was closer than people expected, it's, oh, Illinois only won by two. Well, they won by a field goal. Illinois is horrible. They're 10th out of however many teams in the Big Ten. I, we're removing the goalposts here, folks. Now, you can't have it both ways. I didn't say that. No, you didn't. I, I'm I know, not saying you didn't. I know,
2: but I'm the Illinois basher on this show. <laughs> but I do want to say, Travis, that you gave up more yards You gave 416 yards of offense to Toledo. You had 100 yards of penalties.
3: Uh, Penalties again, yeah. Penalties again. Just keep happening.
2: These are things that are disciplinary reasons.
3: Right, and it was the same as last year.
2: It's the exact same as last year, only this year. Oh, yeah, that was so frustrating. At least, I know, we're one game in, overreaction, (laughs) week one for college football. But one week in, you do not have as good of a run game as you had last year. And you do not have as good of a defense as you had last year. Again, one weekend, that can change. But what I'm saying is the mistakes you're making are amplified because those two strong suits are not there like they were last year.
3: Right. At least
2: early on. Right. Can it change? Yes, it can.
3: Yeah, I think that defense. Uh, will change and be better. But, yeah, you just got to be better from the the penalties uh, aspect. I don't know what that first one was, though, for the unsportsmanlike conduct on that big stop. But uh, some of them were kind of questionable. But, I mean, that's a referee in the stands talking. But, uh, yeah, you just can't have that happen. And it's the same things that happened in the Michigan State game, the Purdue game, and whatnot. I thought it would be a lot better, but it just wasn't and uh, Illinois was lucky to even get into that position there for that field goal. Uh, Altmeyer threw up a prayer on fourth and four to Casey Washington, and he even said so himself of basically it was a prayer. I just kind of uh, threw it up there and hoped that uh, Casey got it, and he made a great play on it. And it was a 33-yard pass to uh, save the game there. If Altmaier just holds on a little bit more, a split second longer, we're not in field goal position and we don't even win that game. So uh, it was just a prayer that he hit Casey uh, there. But, you know, I thought overall Altmaier was was good in his debut and he showed off his legs and he showed off his athleticism. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, even from an Illinois homer perspective, Illinois has got to play better. And this was an ugly win. You'll take it. But you got to go in the film room and correct the mistakes yes. that were made. And, you know, if you play again like this, you you, you won't be Kansas.
2: Yeah. Coming up on with Friday night. With a short night. week. Yeah. With a short week. Because right. you're playing, like you said, on Friday. Mm-hmm. And the holiday thrown in there. Mm-hmm. So this is not lining up to be great for, for Illinois. Now, Travis, before I move on from Illinois, I have a bone to pick. Uh-oh. with a With I Nation. Okay. 48,000. capacity. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be hyped about this team. This is supposed to be a Big Ten contending team. And for opening day, we cannot get it at least 90% capacity.
3: Well, it was the highest uh, attended home opener in in a little while. And the stadium was... Uh, mostly filled except for on the I guess you would say the west side mm-hmm. uh, kind of not on the side or the press boxes and where you come in from right. Grange Grove and whatnot so yeah that was a little disappointing that wasn't a complete sellout but uh, the student section was full it was full prior to the game and they even had to have overflow mm-hmm. into uh, down below so that was that was good but you know yeah the I would have liked to have seen a full stadium, especially with being a six thirty start yeah. time, it wasn't too hot. Nope. And whatnot, but
2: And it wasn't a it wasn't a Friday, it wasn't a Sunday.
3: It was kinda was like the perfect it was the perfect, perfect time. start time the perfect because you come out and you didn't have to tailgate too early. No. Or so you could have if you wanted to. Right. You could have been there all day. You could have been. Yeah. Been all evening. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to.
2: That just shows me that's that's a problem. Yeah, And the other thing, Travis, is that, you know, you talked about the student section. We've talked about this before. Basketball student section, diehard. They'll show up every game. Football, not so much. If you're the student section and you showed up and you saw this Illinois team, are you coming back in two weeks?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think so.
2: You think so? I mean, we can hope so, but if you go out and lay another egg against Kansas?
3: Right, yeah, you definitely have to. I think then you're going
2: to have some people start to question yeah. Even if you win, even if you win, if you win by the skin of your teeth like you did here, people are gonna start going. Mm, I don't know about this.
3: Right. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was bummed uh, to see that they kind of built up the the hype and we got the a big crowd for the home opener and this is what we do. <laughs>
2: because again, week three, Travis. Again, you go out and lay an egg against Kansas. Even if you get a win, and you're two and zero you got Penn State coming to town. Yeah.
3: Big noon kickoff. Yeah. Fox crew coming to town. Yeah. You can think people, play like this. You can't play like you this. You can't yeah.
2: play like this against Penn State, or you will get run out of town.
3: Yeah. And, and I definitely think it will go a long way to the uh, crowd. Uh, but, you know, if we're, if we're 2-0, I think the crowd will, will show up and they'll be hyped, even though we may not have a chance. I'll, I'll say it. But if we play like this, we, we definitely won't. Mm-hmm. But I think people will show up for, for the Penn State game. But uh, we'll wait to see what, what happens on uh, Friday. And it gets, just goes to show you that it's a Friday night game. Kansas has already thrown up a hype video of their jerseys that they're going to be dropping yep. uh, this game. They're going to have fresh new black jerseys for them. And they're also favored by three points. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show you what uh What the people say about the Jayhawks. Mm -hmm. We'll see on Friday night.
2: I mean, they look good against Montana State. I know it was Montana State. Well, yeah, Montana State,
3: 48-17. Yep. Says they overcame early struggles. But we'll see. Yep. But, hey, sometimes you win ugly, and that's what happens. And all that matters is right now, Illinois one 1-0. They're right with Michigan, Ohio State. They're right up there with them. For week one. For week one. Penn State to uh, Iowa. Hey, we're 1-0. Purdue can't say that. Coach Walters can't say that. Baylor can't say that. Northwestern. We're better than Northwestern. They lost on Sunday. Yep. To Rutgers. <laughs> yep. 24-7. to mm-hmm. Big Ten football's back. <laughs> some people had some complaints about the uh, – the uh, flow of the game and whatnot i mean ohio state what are you doing your favorite by 30 and you only scored 23 against indiana yep but that was because of the new clock rules so. uh, of, course. of course all right so we got more stuff to uh, talk about coming up in the uh pod uh we got all that high school stuff to recap nascar to recap as well as previewing nfl east divisions and coming up next here on espn radio is espn radio in the afternoon so enjoy
1: Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on ninety eight nine the game. <laughs>
2: ABC News
3: Welcome in to the podcast. Ah, doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing is doing yeah, it press the stop button. That'll make the loop quit. Uh, all right. My bad. <laughs> well, we are here on overtime of the uh, starting lineup, and we got a lot to uh, get to here. We got... Pick'em to recap, we got Beast Mode, How Do You Like Me Now, we got the top three from the extended uh, sports weekend, we also got to have some NASCAR to get to, a NASCAR playoff pick'em, as well as the NFL East previews, AFC, NFC East, and we got area coaches to get to as well, Shelbyville, Arthur Villigrove set to uh, join us as well, so absolutely loaded, uh overtime session for you here today but first before we get to any of that is there anything on sports center that you wanted to get on
2: yep team usa uh defeated italy in the world cup quarterfinals so congratulations to them they will now move on uh to the semifinals
3: i hope so they bounce back after taking a loss yeah
2: yeah Shohei Ohtani will be needing some type of procedure for his right elbow injury. Ohtani's agent said on Monday that the Los Angeles Angels two-way superstar is still exploring treatment possibilities uh, for a tear of the UCL in his elbow. One of those procedures could be Tommy John surgery. Ohtani won't pitch again this season for the Angels, but has continued to hit after the injury. So be on Mm. the lookout for that. Mm. The Los Angeles Dodgers pitcher, uh, Julio Ureas was arrested on yeah. domestic violence charges, according to Los Angeles Police Department. Twenty-seven-year-old left-handed starter was booked Sunday night and released on fifty thousand dollars bond. So he was also arrested in May 2019 on suspicion of domestic violence. ESPN reports that Major League Baseball is investigating the case, though details about the alleged incident have yet to be released. Hmm. Um Guardians are expecting Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie to join their rotation come September 20th, which would be a big boost for them. Yeah. Uh, Another member of the University of Georgia football team has been arrested for traffic violations. Coaching staff member Jarvis Jones was arrested on charges of reckless driving and speeding last Friday night. The former Georgia linebacker and first-round draft pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers, is currently working as the Bulldogs' player action coordinator under head coach Kirby Smart. Jones released on a $2,400 bond. Smart said that there will, quote, be internal discipline, end quote, when asked about the arrest on Monday. AKA, nothing done. So something
3: has to be done there in Georgia. I you need would to hope. stop doing I mean, that.
2: Absolutely ridiculous down With
3: there. With that, that's crazy.
2: Yeah. Uh, a couple other things real quick. A two-time Pro Bowl tight end is calling it quits. Kyle Rudolph announced his retirement from the NFL on Monday. Uh, Rudolph, he played with the Vikings from 2011 to 2012 before spending a season each with the Giants and Bucks. The 33-year-old was selected to the Pro Bowl in 2012 and 2017. He caught 482 passes for 4,773 yards and 50 touchdowns during his career. He said that he plans to. on pursuing a career in sports media. Hey, come and join us. Hey, sports for media. Third. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Someone, someone else is looking for a third as well. Yes. With Peyton and Eli. That's right. For the main Did you see that? I did see I that, yeah. that. I that love that. I love that video. That was a good so video. Good.
2: Yeah. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers owner Jeannie Buss is a married woman, Travis. She and comedian Jay Moore tied the knot on Sunday in Malibu. About 20 people attended the private ceremony. No Lakers players were in attendance. Bus and Moore have been dating for six years and got engaged in December. And this means now, if anything happens to Jeannie Bus Travis, the Lakers will be run by a comedian.
3: <laughs> Jay Moore. Yeah. Wow. Hmm.
2: Not the guy you'd think to be with Jeannie Bus, would you?
3: No, not no. not really. Yep. Hmm. Jay Moore. Mm-hmm. What a guy.
2: So there you go.
3: Well, there you go. Congratulations. Yep. So that uh, to the new Mrs. and Mr. Mr. Moore.
2: Yeah. I think Mr. Bus is what we're gonna call him.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. Take I mean, take right. your wife's name. That means a little bit more. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh all right, so, uh, so let's get to uh, everything that we need to uh, recap here, and uh, let's get to let's get to pick 'em. Let's get to recapping pick 'em here as soon as I find the uh, bed. Week two high school football pick 'em.
2: Yes. So, we'll start uh, with games on Friday night as uh, Effingham and Mount Carmel. Travis went with Effingham. I went with Mount Carmel. I went 30-27, so that's two points for me. Yes. Because Mount Carmel got the win. Mm-hmm. Cumberland at Sagamon Valley. I kind of have a sore spot for this one, Travis. Uh, Cumberland, we both picked Cumberland. We both got the win. Uh, I went 38-10. You went 39 and uh, I'm pulling up my, my sheet here because I was very upset about this. Cumberland scored with a minute 50 left to make it 41-14. Uh-huh.
3: A late score, a late cover.
2: Afterwards, bad beat, coach. Not a fan. So Late
3: score. Thank you, Cumberland. Travis gets
2: two points on that one. I get one point. Uh, Troy it. at Mount Zion. This was a game we picked. Uh, this was Travis's, or my game, excuse me. Uh, Travis went Mount Zion 33 to 20. I went Mount Zion 32 28, and they won by more than that. They have more than 33 points. So Travis gets two points. I get one point. Boom. And then we had Arcola against Sullivan. Travis went Sullivan 31 to 30. I went Arcola 27 24. I'm an idiot. Sullivan (laughs) gets Travis two points there on that one. Now to Saturday, Travis. Mm -hmm. Illinois, minus nine and a half. Against yeah. Toledo. Travis went Illinois. I went Toledo. Toledo covered. Thank you for that. Appreciate
4: mm-hmm. it. Yep.
2: And then Tennessee and Virginia. Tennessee minus 28. Travis went with Virginia. I went Tennessee. Tennessee covered. Thank you, Tennessee. Appreciate uh. you. So on the weekend, at this point in the season, you could have 26 total points, Travis. You have 12. Mm-hmm. I have 8. Ooh. Not good for either of us. No, out of not
3: yeah, not when you say it like that. Uh,
2: Record-wise, you could be ten and zero. Travis is six and four, and I am seven and three. Hmm. So Travis, you have four more points, but I got one more win. Hmm. <sighs> so that's our pick and recap. Why did I pick Virginia? I don't know.
3: I don't know 20 maybe is a big number. twenty is a big number, and maybe I thought they would come out and play inspired. By the Football. way, I want
2: to let people know that when we did pick them on Friday, the line was nine and a half. I saw the line got moved to seven for the Illini. Really? Toledo still covered. So hmm. they still covered.
3: And I still would have picked them more than a touchdown. Yeah. So. Yep. Hmm. I didn't know that it moved. Yeah, that, that was much. on.
2: I saw that on ESPN. They had, they had the line at seven on their recap. So.
3: Hmm. Okay. Gotcha. All right, so uh, let's move on and move on with our marathon of segments, and let's get to "How Do You Like Me Now?" for week two. How do you like me now? How do you like me now? For week number two of high school football who was saying how do you like me now after uh, this week and uh, i think that there's only one place to uh, go here and that is sullivan over arcola coming into the lpc a lot of hype around sullivan this year and arcola got that right back in the game but then Rattled off all those rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Sullivan, welcome to the LPC. How do you like us now? Putting it on our cola, 54 points. So yeah. Sullivan, how do you like me now?
2: I, I don't hate that at all, Travis. I uh, They were on my short list. Um, now, I, that's not where I thought you were going to go, um, if I'm honest. I, I thought for sure you were going to go with the team I picked last week, that being Charleston. And thought about it? They're the on they, good, they were good on my win. short list.
3: Yeah, they were. They were on my short list.
2: I don't know if this is more so a, a factor of the team they faced more so than them themselves, but Travis, I am going to say Taylorville. Mm-hmm. Taylorville gets a "How You Like Me Now" two and zero match their win total from last year, and the way they've done it, Travis, they've outscored opon- opponents opponents uh, seventy six to nineteen. Oof. That wow. is very impressive. Yeah. So uh, doing it on both sides of the football. Mm-hmm. So I, I will go. I also have Matt Tune on my short, short list, but I just I don't know. I didn't pick Matt Tune. I'm gonna go with Taylorville.
3: Well, I picked Taylorville last you week, did. and uh, they were involved with Albany, so I didn't feel like I could do a back to back weeks. So also, right. on my short list was Muhammad. Yes. Because they mind. shut out Highland. Yep. And. I know they lost close one to Morton, but I, I was also looking at Muhammad yep. uh, this week.
2: Yep, I think there. we had the exact same shortlist because I had Sullivan on my shortlist. So we obviously had the same shortlist. We were both in the same area.
3: Yeah, I, was, I don't know. I was holding back the team for next week, I think. Ah. So hmm. that's who we got. All right. That's who we got for week two.
1: Yes. How do you like me now? How
3: do you like me now? All right. Very good. So we uh, move on here, and uh, let's go ahead and let's move on. Keep the high school football theme going, and let's go to beast mode. Beast Mode, mode. who was putting up the points this week in week two of high school football? Who was on that Beast Mode?
2: All right, there were 32 teams, Travis, in the state of Illinois that scored 50 or more points.
3: Okay, so not as much as as week one.
2: Yeah, nine less. Mm -hmm. Uh, Locally, I think we had more teams locally. So here we go. Paxton over Newton, 55 to 8. That's the wrong side of Beast Mode, to be honest. Yeah. Charleston over Paris, 56 to 20. Mm Mm-hmm. Martinsville over Metro East Lutheran, 56 to nothing. Yes, we will even get eight man football. Oh, I like, won. eight man football. yeah. Wow. Yes. Sullivan over Arcola, 54 to 6. Mm-hmm. And Casey over Oblong, 63 to 2. Yeah. But not the highest top five in the state. No. Casey, 63, not good enough for the top five. Hmm. Here's your top five, Travis Byron over Rockford Lutheran, 64 to nothing. Mm-hmm. South Fork over Danville Schlarman, 66 to 28. Mm. Peoria Notre Dame over Urbana, 70 to nothing. Ooh. Glenwood over fear 77 to nothing. Oof. And Lemoyle over River Ridge 80 to 8. 80. 80. 80. Wow. 80. I don't know how you get 80 in 8 minutes. That is like a point a minute.
3: That's crazy, and they pulled in Oregon.
2: They did. They, that was that that was a beatdown. Mm. So, they are the top beasts um, for for the week.
3: Hmm. And yeah, like I mentioned, looking at college football, Oregon, eighty-one to seven over Portland State. Yeah. Oklahoma, seventy-three nothing over Arkansas State. Old Miss seventy three to seven over Mercer. Ooh, yeah. some brutal ones in week two, week one of high school <laughs> or uh, college football. <laughs> wow, brutal eighty points in a high school game too. That's crazy.
2: Yes. Now before we move on, Travis, one hundred percent from from Beast Mode. Um, yeah. We the the first team that uh, I brought up there in Beast Mode was Byron. Mm-hmm. This is now Byron's second week being on beast mode. Yep. Do you want to hear? And I know you do. Are you ready for this <laughs> stat for Byron? Uh huh. Through two games. And I know it's two games. Yep. 141 to 6. They are outscoring opponents. Oh. Wow. 141 Oof. to 6.
3: Put up the points right there.
2: The next closest team in their conference as far as putting up points. Was Winnebago with seventy-three.
3: Hmm. Man.
2: That is astonishing.
3: Yeah. What numbers? That's crazy. 141
2: to six. They beat Rock Falls seventy seven to six and Rockford Lutheran sixty four to nothing. Mm. This is why they are in the uh almost every year. Yeah. They are they're one of those teams that you're just gonna have to face.
3: Mm hmm. Mm.
2: Because that's That's a whooping.
3: Yeah, it's crazy.
2: So, just wanted to put that out there.
3: Mm. So, all right. So, that is Beast Mode. And it seems like Byron been on Beast Mode all season long mm-hmm. there. All right, so before we get entirely away from high school football, let's go ahead and let's turn things over to our football coaches. we got Coach Duckett from Shelbyville, Coach Jefferson from Arthur Lovington, Howard Hammond, and Coach Wilson from Villagrove. Those three gentlemen, spoke to them early on in the week, and we'll get to them right now. Travis Sparks here joined on the starting lineup by Coach Duckett from the uh, Shelbyville Rams and uh, how you doing today and thanks again for joining us here I,
0: doing good. I, I'm having a good day. I appreciate you having me on.
3: Absolutely. And uh, we always talk about how good uh, games start for you guys. And week one was great, but uh, this week and maybe not so much. After uh, an early INT, you guys did have the early 8-7 to seven lead, but then they scored again in the first quarter. And uh, that got them off to a good start and a uh, lead after the first quarter 15-8. to eight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they jumped out on us a little bit early. We had some uh, miscues early on, uh, just in, in on our offensive game. You know, you mentioned that interception kind of threw a high ball there and, um, you know, we I'm glad we were able to come back from that, but it was, uh, you know, some stuff that we got to work on and get fixed and, um, you know, we want to get out to those fast starts and, um, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully be able to fix that stuff coming up this week.
3: And then you got to a good start in the uh, second quarter. You ended up outscoring them 16-2-6 uh, in that quarter, and you ended up taking the three-point lead into halftime, 24-21 uh, for you guys. So uh, you found something to, to click there in the second quarter.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, we, we fixed a few of those little mistakes that we had in our uh, run game, and we were able to get a little momentum, got a few stops on them. Uh, that, they're, they're just a tough team, well coached team, and uh, it, you know, it took a whole team effort, and you know that whole game to, to get that win.
3: Right, uh, and uh, like you said, you gave up some uh, big plays there. Uh, one of them came in the third quarter. Uh, you guys were had the lead back thirty to twenty one, but then they converted a third or fourth down that turned into a big uh, play, and uh, so that kind of got them a little closer there in the third quarter after that uh, big play.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, they they came out uh, after half and uh, had some adjustments. Uh, we stopped them on that first drive, and then we scored again. And the one you're talking about, you know, they got that other score and kind of kept her a little bit close, but. Um, you know, our guys just kept fighting, playing hard.
3: Yeah, it's kind of an uncharistic game for the defense. I know last year, really, guys only give up points to St. T and then in the playoff game, and so it was a high-scoring uh, game there, and it was a little uncharistic of the defense to give up so many points.
0: Well, I had a couple big plays early on. I, think, I mean, that's a... I think they were ranked ace in 3A, so I mean, it's a, one of the better teams on the schedule. Really tough team. Uh, they've got some really good guys, good fullback, running back, quarterback across the board. Their line was solid. So, uh, I feel like we we played one of the better teams we're going to play this year uh, in Eureka. So, um, you know, Obviously, we'd like to hold them to a little bit lower, and a couple of their touchdowns are, are things that we can hopefully work on and get fixed and um, make some improvement and, and stop some of those long plays. All
3: right, and then uh, offensively, it looked like uh, Brody had a good night on the ground. He, he That's where he did most of his damage. He did have uh, three touchdowns uh, through the air, but it seemed like he was more effective uh, on the ground this this week.
0: Yeah, I think he had 150 or 60 rushing yards, uh, about the same passing. So Uh, it was good. And we had uh – so, yeah, I think three different guys catch t- caught touchdown passes as well. So okay. kind of spread the ball around a little bit. I think we had five different guys with touchdowns maybe. So it was definitely wow. a definite whole team effort offensively.
3: Yeah, and then uh, they got a late score there at the very end, did Eureka, to get the 44-36 to final. So after both teams kind of traded counter punches and came back there, it was just nice to, to come out uh, with the win here in Week 2.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was, um, you know, we we got the ball back there after their last score and had to run the clock out. It was, I don't remember, four or five minutes left in the game, and you know, so we they knew we were going to try to run the clock, that we were going to run the ball, and uh, we just uh, that's tough on your offensive line and. When they, when they know and they can bring everybody in the box and mm-hmm. we fought through that and um, we are able to get first down. So, You know that's what you got to do in that situation definitely proud because that's a tough situation to be in
3: mm-hmm. and you guys uh, finished it off and you guys are off to a 2-0 start I know you got off to that amazing 7-0 start last year but for the second season in a row you're off to a nice 2-0 start here
0: yeah uh, that's, that's great and hopefully we can keep that thing rolling and uh, keep knocking off some wins and we, we got some tough teams coming up and
3: you know, uh, hopefully just keep that momentum building. And uh, now week three is the focus now. And with a couple of teams gone from the CIC this year, you had to replace those two on the schedule. And uh, so you guys uh, are playing a team out of the metro area, and uh, they're going to be coming to town on Saturday. And it's uh, Roosevelt uh, Carnahan from Missouri. So uh, how did this matchup uh, come about? How did you guys find each other to, to play each other here in week three?
0: Uh, there, two years ago, three years ago, whenever we knew that uh, the, the the conference was changing, uh, we had that week three open day. That's always a tough game to find because most of the conferences have week one or two open if they have under you know ten guys, uh-huh. and so uh, we've been looking around for a team. Just really hadn't had any luck finding anybody, and uh they i think it was their ad which might be a like a ad for multiple schools down there in the metro area oh, yeah. uh sent a message to ours just said hey we got a team that is looking for week three and so i kind of just looked into it just see what size of school they were and they were um comparatively the same you know they're a little bit bigger four or five hundred kids but uh-huh. uh went with it but, you know, it'll be a fun experience um and they're coming up here to us, and so I think it'll work out.
3: Right, yeah. And so, uh, what are you guys uh, prepping for out of them on the field? Wise, what are you guys focusing on and really prepping for here for week well, after three?
0: This, after this uh, Urich game, there's there's plenty of things that we can fix on our own part. So we're going to kind of uh, look internal, um, and then you know we'll, we'll see what we can do to, to prepare a little bit. They, they've got uh, a real athletic crew. They've got some guys that can run pretty. Pretty well. Uh, some pretty big linebackers. So we'll just get prepared uh, to to hopefully make an improvement and take another jump from week two to three.
3: Right, yeah, and also being on Saturday kind of maybe feel uh, like a playoff atmosphere a little bit there at home. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, those, those are all fun. And, and anytime you're playing a team that you know you've never played before. Uh, gives
3: that atmosphere as well sure yep so uh well uh, good luck uh, there on uh, saturday and uh hopefully uh, we'll be talking to you next week after a win so uh good luck on saturday and uh, thanks for joining us here again
0: appreciate it thank you
3: Travis Sparks here on the starting lineup joined by Coach Jefferson of the Arthur Lovington Atwood Hammond and Knights and it was another nice win for you guys on a Friday night and you start off the season with back-to-back wins and that's always got to feel good to start off the week so how's it going for you today coach and uh, thanks for joining us here again.
7: Yeah thanks for having me. It feels good to be you know 2-0 it's first time since uh, 2019 and um, you know we're just Excited to hopefully keep things rolling. Um, Grove is a, definitely a, a good football team. You know, they're 0-2, but that's probably the best 0-2 football team uh, maybe in 1A in Illinois. So um, we were glad to get away with a win.
3: Yeah, and how you did it was it was a 43-35 of final in Week 2 against the Blue Devils, and it seemed like you guys got off to a pretty decent start. You got on the board first, a 7-2, a 0. So it was important to a, in that important game to get off on the right foot on the board first.
7: Absolutely. I mean, we uh, we won the toss. We deferred. You know, uh, we knew their their offense coming in was really explosive. Their quarterbacks are really good players. So we wanted to go out and prove that first drive that we could uh, maintain them. And so we were able to get them to uh, turn over on downs and we went down and scored right away. So we felt pretty good about that.
3: And then uh, they came back and they took the lead early there in the second quarter. Uh, and then you guys came back in or responded and took the lead back. But then you also got a late score in the first half to put you up 21-8 going into the locker room. So that seemed like that was a big score to get some momentum and a, a little bit of cushion going into the locker room.
7: Yeah, right. After they, uh, after they took the 8-7 lead, um, we – Weren't able to, to move the ball, and so we, then they had the ball, and we forced them to punt. And unfortunately, we had a blooper where we blocked the punt, but then we tried to grab it, and ended, they ended up getting possession back. So, uh, you know, during that time, it kind of felt like things were starting to fall apart, but our kids fought through the adversity, and like you said, we were able to get a couple scores before the half, which was a big momentum change because then we got the ball um, to start the second half. So we were feeling pretty good going into halftime, but uh, still got to clean up a lot of the
3: mistakes. Right, yeah, and you guys opened up the second half good as well, you, you scored, but then they responded right back uh, to make it 28 to uh, 15. so it just seemed like uh, they're at least in their early going, you, you got a little bit of cushion, but then uh, they continue to come come back, and then it would also happen later in the game too, but uh, so you know you just never could quite put them away.
7: Yeah, I mean, we got up by uh, 28. We went on a pretty good run there in the third quarter. That third quarter felt like it took about an hour and a half itself. I don't know why, but, uh, you know, we felt good going into the fourth. But then, you know, we just had different things happen, had some kids cramping, and just we threw a pick six. And so, you know, Bill kind of got the momentum back. And like I said, their offense is explosive. Um, the Cloudfelder kid had two long uh, touchdowns. So, you know, they were able to climb their way back, but um, we were able to, to finish when it mattered. We were able to pick up a first down. Um, you know, melt the clock, take the knee, and get the the victory. So, like I said, that's a great football team, but it's definitely a quality win for us.
3: Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And uh, Jace Parsons had an excellent night for you guys on the ground. He had 17 carries, uh, 231 yards, and uh, found the end zone five touchdowns on the ground. So uh, he had another excellent night here with back-to-back weeks, and this time it was on the ground and finding the end zone five times. That's really great.
7: Yeah, that number one jersey that Caden left behind uh, must have still had some magic in it because uh, Jace was definitely looking like him out there. But, you know, Jace is his own player. Uh, As I said, coming in this year, I was really excited about him and Landon just to be able to see their numbers take off because, you know, Caden has just generated so much the last couple years. But um, Mm -hmm. I think Jace and and Landon have each had their, their week. You know, Landon had a big week. Week one, Jace came out last night, so I think just that they're just going to be a dynamic duo the whole the whole year, and I'm pretty excited
3: about that. Yeah, and then also uh, another player that found the end zone was uh, Maddox Thurrett, and he's only a junior, and he also had a lot of tackles on the defensive end uh, as well. So he had himself a pretty good game on Friday.
7: Absolutely, I mean Landon and Jace are both the you know really fast, explosive, shifty runners, and then Maddox is just that hammer in the middle you know, running up the middle and controlling that, and then um, I think he's really going to take off more on offense next year, you know, once Jason Landon are gone, but I kind of told him this year, defense is going to be where he makes a difference for us, Um, and he he showed that um, Friday night, you know, he was kind of in charge of keeping runs contained, you know, he was kind of that that spy, and uh, he definitely did his job well, so... That was good
3: to see. Yeah, and then uh, I thought the defense, they, on the scoreboard, it seemed like they gave up a, a lot of points, but it also seemed like uh, statistic-wise, they got some sacks and they also forced some turnovers and as well, so maybe the final score was a little bit deceiving uh, of how well that unit actually played.
7: Right, yeah. Um, and like I said, you know, we had some younger guys step in, and a DB, um, Cruz Hale was one who, he came in right away. Um, he was put up against Claude Felder, their number one receiver, and he had a Couple pass breakups and interception, um, and then he had another one that went right through his hands. And unfortunately, Claude Felder ended up catching it. But he played really well. Only a sophomore, um, so that was good to see. Peyton Warrior, another sophomore, uh, played safety the whole game. So you know, um, it's good to see some of those guys stepping up and getting getting varsity minutes. But yeah, we had we had the interception, a couple fumble recoveries. Um, some sacks so definitely was was happy with our um, with our defense even though the score was a lot closer um, like you said than, than the actual game it dictated
3: right yeah and uh, you know things got a little tight there at the very end to make it a little bit closer game but you know all the thing all that matters is that you got the win and uh, you'll take it
7: right yeah we're we're uh, very excited about that win now we're, we're focused on trying to get to 3-0 and um, that would be a huge thing for our our program going forward, so we're just uh, on to Tri-County
3: now. Right, yeah, and uh, this week, like you said, you're trying to go uh, 3-0, and and, uh, you know, me being in the the media, what, do you know when the last time you went uh, 3-0, and or are you even trying to look at that?
7: I do, yeah, I've definitely uh, I've looked at that stuff. You know, we have all of our team goals up on our bulletin board, and um, a lot of that stuff is, has been a while. So um, I think the last time our team started off 3-0 and um, was, 2006 i believe that's Um, what i have uh, it's been a long time
3: (laughs) right yeah i know where were you in 2006
7: uh i was still in high school so not even around here so yeah i was um and a lot of these kids you know were just being born or Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not even born so um a lot of the adults around here you know we have some some kids coming up through the through the grade schools whose whose parents were you know Um, in high school at that time. So it it would be a big deal for for our building to start off that way and kind of get tradition going back.
3: Right, yeah, and that was even uh, just with Arthur Lovington. Uh, Atwood and Hammond hadn't even been a part of the co-op uh, yeah, right. at that point in 2006. So uh, so it sounds like that would be a, certainly a big deal, but easier said than done, and you're going to try to make it happen this week against Tri-County. The Titans, they're 0-2. They got shut out last week by Sarah Gordo. Uh, but what are you prepping for this week to see if you can uh, get off to that great start, that 3-0 and start that you're looking for? So what are you prepping for out of the – out of the Titans,
7: yeah. I mean, tri County every year they they have a lot of big guys, um, and they have they, they hit hard. You know, they're not afraid to play football. Um, they've had some down weeks the last couple of weeks. Obviously, uh, they've got kind of a smaller roster, which is something that these these smaller you know rural towns will um, and schools will struggle with. Um, mm-hmm. So, but they, they whoever they put out there, you know, they're going to be tough nose and they're gonna they're gonna play hard. So, um, really like Coach Blake over there. He does a good job. Um, they're a run heavy offensive team just like us so you know hopefully it'll be a a quicker game no matter what because there won't be a whole lot of uh play stoppage or uh-huh. whatnot but um like i said on defense they're gonna they're gonna hit hard and they're gonna bring it and they're gonna give it everything they have so uh, like i said our focus is just on beating them and, and getting the
3: 3-0 and so uh, we'll hopefully be looking out for that 3-0 uh, coming up on a uh, friday night well coach thanks for taking the time out today and uh, we'll talk to you next week and uh, good luck on friday
7: Thank you very much.
3: Travis Sparks here on the starting lineup, joined by uh, Villa Grove head coach Heath Wilson. And a uh, second straight week, unfortunately, things didn't go your way. But uh, how you doing today?
6: Oh, doing good. Um, obviously, our our first two opponents, uh, we knew were, they were going to be solid, and and uh, they both of them are very very good football teams. Um, And uh, we got to figure things out, that's for sure. Yeah,
3: and you guys uh, fell on the scoreboard. 43-35 was the final to Arthur, and they scored a first. And uh, then early in the second quarter, you guys took the lead 8-7. to seven, And so, you know, that was a nice response after they got on the board first and then uh, to get the lead early in the second quarter. So that was uh, good at that part of the game.
6: Yeah, I mean, said we. Uh, they scored and we came down and and uh, cap- capitalized and got a two point conversion and took the lead. Now, granted, the reason we had to do that is because our quarterback got knocked out of the game, so uh, so we had to figure out what we were doing there. because he was also our holder, so uh, yeah, I thought for sure our, I thought we played well. I think we had 360 yards of offense to their 370 or 380, and um, you know, I felt like you know we had the same amount of plays. And obviously, the the end scoreboard did not show us on top, so. Well, yeah, it was it was a good ball game, back and forth, and our kids could have easily quit in the second half, being down three scores, and they found a way to fight back and give us a chance to the end there.
3: Right, that was uh, good to kind of see that fight playing from uh, behind and uh, taking the lead there in the second quarter. So uh, you always kind of never got really uh, over the hump. You got close, but uh, you still got a nice to see the the fight in the team.
6: Yeah, like I said, our, our kids will never not fight. I mean, this is a is a special group of kids, and and uh, like I said, they you know Arthur is a very good team up front, and the quarterback is very solid, and and they ran the ball real well against us, and and they took it to us. I mean, they they won the battle in the trenches, and, and hats off to Arthur, and um, we just got to figure out we got to figure out how to tackle and, and make big stops.
3: Right, yeah, and then uh, they rattled off uh, a couple of scores there right before halftime to make it a twenty-one to eight. So it seemed like uh, that got back the the momentum back on their side when they got a couple of scores right before the locker room. So that was a uh, really big momentum shifter going into the locker room.
6: Yeah, they, uh, they it was a it was a great call, I guess you know, by Coach Jefferson going for uh, a fake punt and inside their own fifteen, which. Uh, hats off to him. I don't know if I would have been able to call that, <laughs> but uh, he he did, and, and obviously our our outside contained fell asleep, and obviously if we make that stop there, you know, that puts us inside the 15 and, you know, going in to score. And uh, there was a crucial pass interference call, uh, fourth and 15, at the midfield that um, – you know, it's very, very questionable um, with you know the outcome of there. So there's a couple things that could have went either way, and and if, obviously if it went our way, you know we'd have you know a lot of momentum, and you know the score could have been totally, totally opposite. So, but it, it is what it is. It's a football game, and. Uh, you know, you got to make plays at the right time, and we did not make the
3: right plays. And, yeah, yeah, you guys ultimately uh, fell 43-35 there. You've been through some uh, rough starts before the season, and it's always seemed to have been 1-2 rather than 0-2. Uh, oh I don't really know what kind of splitting hairs there of really uh, what what that is, but you really need to start figuring things out now, now that you're 0-2. Oh
6: yeah, uh, obviously, you know when you go zero and two, you, and you better figure things out real quick because you definitely don't want to be zero and three. You know, uh, and you, you got Cumberland, so you know we got a new team in that we're, we haven't played before that we're trying to, you know, figure out on on film. And um, you know, it's not going to be an easy game for sure. I mean, we got to get get on a bus and travel an hour and forty minutes away to uh, Nicoma, and what kind of team is going to come off the bus? is you know, we got to figure that out too. So. You know, obviously our third quarter is killing us this year. We've given up 41 points in two games in the third quarter. So uh, that's something that we're trying to figure out. I guess we won't be leaving the field or something. You know, I don't do something a little bit different at in halftime instead of going in the locker room. So, uh, you know, those are all things that coaches got to figure out. And the um, is a very – they look very similar to Arthur. Runs a very similar to the same same things. And, um, you know, they we got to figure out how to stop the run.
3: Right. And you also, you know, got to have the mindset of, you know, not only this tough game, but then the next two after that. So uh, you really kind of have to turn these into must win games uh, here, especially early on in the season. Unfortunately, that's how how, how you have to play it now being 0-2.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's zero and two, and, and you know every week's must win. I mean, you look at it. Yeah, five and four is going to get you in the. It's going to get you in with it being a close conference. You'll have enough playoff points to get in the playoffs, but. Obviously, you know we want to be better in five and four. So um, these are all must-win games, and our kids need to understand the importance of uh, taking care of each week. Obviously, we can't look down the road to next week or homecoming week or whatever we're looking for. We're looking at nicomas and that's the only thing that we can handle right now, and and we should be focused on. So nicomas is on our mind, and, and um, that should be all our players should be on their mind too. So.
3: Right, yeah, and uh, Nicomis they uh, fell to Arcola in week one, but then just this past week they beat Argenta 46-14. to So, you know, they're a couple of newbies to the conference. You got two out of the three out of the way in the first three weeks uh, there. So I guess on that side for Nekomis, at least you got a couple of weeks worth of film uh, rather than uh, starting fresh like you did against Sullivan.
6: Yeah, yeah, two weeks of film we got on them. And um, so it's uh – if that's a that's a bonus, you know. So we got we got quite a few films. We're well, out two of those films, and uh, we know what they're going to do. They're going to run the ball, and and uh, obviously, you know, this last week we gave up 368 yards rushing and negative three passing. So we stopped the passing game, but we got to figure out how to stop the running game.
3: Well, hopefully uh, you figure things out uh, there, and hopefully uh, come Friday you pull out a win here, first one of the season. Well, coach, I'll let you go, and uh, thanks for hopping on the program, and uh, good luck searching for the first win on Friday.
6: Awesome. Thanks for having me.